We're back again in the courtroom of current events here on Peter's Proffer, and we're going to talk today about job applications. Some of the questions on there can be kind of tricky. Some people have asked, how do you answer them? What's the right way to answer them if this is what my history shows? So we're going to dig into some of the general um, sections of what's on a job application. We're going to tell you what the employers can and can't do in the application process, and then we'll explain how to answer some of the trickier questions. So thanks for being in here with us today. Uh, if you have any questions specifically, you can hit us up on social media at Tragos Law or email me, petertragos at greeklaw.com. Okay, so we're back in here and we're talking about job applications specifically today. It's kind of a niche subject, but we get a lot of questions on it and I think it's interesting what some of these job applications include. Um, so the first thing we'll talk about is what do you actually have to disclose on a job application or in a job interview, um, whether or not they ask for it. There's really no law on the topic that says you have to disclose anything, uh, frankly, but the reality is most people are going to ask you for your name, you know, your address. They're going to ask some general background information. As long as it is relevant to the job description itself, you're probably okay answering it. Right. And if you have experience in the job, how much money you want to make, stuff like that, that's totally normal in a job interview and everybody knows how to answer those questions. Um, let's start off what, by talking about what they can't ask you and can't hold against you. You know, you can't be excluded or uh, disqualified from a job from your, because of your race, religion, creed, national origin, uh, or gender. Age, sexual orientation, gender identity. Right. You, or physical uh, condition. There's a big but in that discussion right. because, for example, you can't be denied employment because of your religion unless your religion happens to be a necessary uh, pre. You're going to work at a church. Yeah, you're going to if you're and you're going to be the pastor of the church. Right. They are allowed to say you have to be of this denomination or whatever. Correct, because they're exempt from EEOC laws. Right. Okay. And then the same thing with physical conditions. Uh, they can't not hire you because you have cancer or because you're pregnant or something like that. But they are allowed to put physical requirements on a job. Right, like absolutely. I mean, those of us that work at well, those guys that work at uh, UPS, they've got to lift fifty pounds or more. Right. If you can't lift the weight, whether if it's a manual labor job, right. they are allowed to ask you and require certain physical abilities from you. Right. You still have to be able to meet the minimum requirements to do the job. Right. And the point of this, and the way the reason the EEOC protects these classes, they're called protected classes, is because they don't want people discriminated on somebody based on their age, race, religion, things like that. They don't want people being discriminated against because they're pregnant. Um, because if they did do that, then people would wait until after their pregnancy so they don't have to give them maternity leave and things like that. That's why they're protected. So the the uh, workforce is protected. They can get jobs. They can continue to keep jobs. And that's why we have those protections in place. But there are a lot of things and reasons that an employer cannot hire you or fire you or ask you about in a job application or job interview um, type setting. So let's get into some of the tricky situations that may come up. Um, one of the things is, why did you leave your other jobs? How should job applicants answer, uh, answer that question? You know, you got to be careful because if you left a prior job under bad circumstances uh, and the employer is going to contact your former employers, there is no rule that precludes that former employer from sharing relevant information about your employment. The key, though, is to express 
uh, what happened in the most positive light you can. Why did you leave? We had creative differences. Basically, what he's saying is that you have no obligation to tell them we left because I blew up at my employer one day or we left because I was late all the time. What you can say is it didn't work out. It wasn't a good fit. And then if they make the decision to call your former employer, they can find out that information for themselves. I'm not saying to lie. I'm just saying if you don't know specifically why you left and maybe it was because your tardiness and you could say it wasn't a good fit. That's true because you couldn't get there on time. I mean, there are ways to answer these questions so that you're not damaging yourself right. in this interview process. If you're late all the time, you know what you should say? The job was too far away from my work. Yeah, there you from my house. <laughs> from my house. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Exactly. It's a good reason of why that didn't work out. Also, probably not a good idea to disparage your former employer when you're talking to your uh, new employer or potential employer. Um, okay, next, let's talk about and dig in a little bit to uh, arrests, not convictions, but arrests. What does the EEOC, EEOC say about arrests? All right, here's what EEOC specifically says about the topic. The fact that an individual was arrested is not proof that that individual engaged in criminal conduct. Therefore, an individual's arrest record alone may not be used by an employer to take a negative employment action. In other words, not firing some, not hiring somebody, firing them, or suspending them. But an arrest may trigger an inquiry into whether the conduct underlying the arrest justifies not hiring somebody or firing them. Exactly. Meaning, I was arrested for stealing money at my last job. That's relevant. You can get into whether or not they stole it, what actions were taken, what investigation was done, and then you can take a negative employment action there. But I was arrested for DUI 25 years ago and acquitted. That might not be something that they can take a negative employment action on you based on or say that you did that criminal conduct if you were not convicted. Because in contrast, a conviction record will usually be sufficient to demonstrate that a person engaged in a particular criminal conduct and in certain circumstances, there may also be reasons for an employer not to rely on the conviction uh, record alone when making an employment decision. So if you are convicted, the employer then can make the decision as to one or the other, um, whether or not they want to use that in firing you or taking some negative employment action or not hiring you when we're talking about the job application um, setting. And several states actually limit employers use of arrests and conviction records to make employment decisions. So it depends on the state. These laws may prohibit employers from asking about arrest records or require employers to wait until uh, late in the hiring process to ask about conviction records. And if you have some of these questions, they say, go ahead and ask a lawyer as to whether or not it's appropriate whether this person is asking you this question. You know, this particular topic has come up a lot of times in Florida because Florida is an at-will employment state. Uh, they can hire and fire you for any reason or no reason at all as long as it's not one of the protected classes. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this November, the topic of whether or not some of these arrest inquiries is up on the ballot because there are so many people that have you know gotten convicted of a felony 20 years ago. They can't go to their kid's basketball game. They can't uh, you know apply for jobs because of that prior history. That was so long ago. And in Florida specifically, we have two... Um, distinctions in the law that really make this a tricky situation. And those two things are withhold of adjudication and the sealing and expunction process. So let's talk about that a little bit. We've, we've dug into this on other podcasts, so we're not going to go into too much detail about what these things are, except that a withhold of adjudication is not a conviction. So when we're talking about when in, on a job application, if they ask if you've been convicted of a crime, 
and you have a withhold of adjudication, what should your answer be? Your answer is no, because you have not technically been convicted of a crime. Okay, and then what if you were arrested for something, you got that sealed and expunged, and then the job application asks, have you ever been arrested for a crime? If your case has been sealed or you've actually been through the expunction process, the law allows you to, and I'll put this in quotes, disclaim the arrest. So you can actually say legally that you were not arrested. Right. Even if you were, you can say, no, I've never been arrested if in fact it's been sealed and expunged. Right. The the law creates what we call a legal fiction. And the reason for that is the law is set up in a way that you are not allowed to get certain things sealed or expunged. Therefore, if it is a crime or an arrest that falls into the category of allowing it to be sealed and expunged, it is obviously not serious enough to where you should have to disclose it on job applications anymore. That's one of the main reasons for the whole sealing and expunction process. Yeah, the key is to protect you from the one stupid thing you did in your life, from right. ruining it. And that's another distinction is you can only do that once. You can't seal and expunge 20 crimes you can, or arrests. You can only do it once, which again, we break that down in another podcast. So go back and listen to our public records request podcasts or whatever. So the reason that's uh, so important in Florida is there are actual things that have happened in your life that depending on how they were disposed of, you may be able to answer no, even if the legit answer is yes, because of these um, uh, procedural safe holds or safeguards that Florida has in place for its uh, citizens. Okay, now let's talk about a couple real questions that come up on job applications and how they are broken down and how we would say to answer them. Uh, One of the uh, sections breaks it down. Please read the following questions carefully before answering. Failure to answer truthfully and accurately will result in failing the background screening. So let's stop there. If you lie on your job application, that's absolutely a reason for them not to hire you. Okay. But if you've had something sealed or expunged and you give that legal fictional answer and they fire you because of that, that is improper because your state has that protection in place and they can't use that protection then against you saying you lied on your job application because in fact you did not lie on your job application. The law sets out that allowance for you to answer like that. Okay. Next it says answer yes. If any of the questions below apply to you. And they define crimes include both misdemeanors and felonies. Some examples of crimes that must be disclosed include driving under the influence, minor in possession, reckless driving, negligent driving, reckless endangerment, and disorderly conduct. And the question actually is, do you have any criminal charges pending against you or open arrest warrants? So how would you answer that question if you've been arrested, but you don't think you did the crime, but nothing's been sealed or expunged or anything like that yet? If the question asks you if you've been arrested and you haven't sealed or expunged your record. No, it says, do you have any criminal charges pending against your open arrest warrants? The answer is if you have them, you need to disclose them. Yes. You need to say yes. Even if you think you didn't do them, even if you think you're going to win, even if your lawyer tells you they're going to go away, if anything's pending, you have to say that they are pending, even if you think they're going to be sealed or expunged in the future, because in order to be able to use that legal fiction, that process has to have already taken place. Okay. Next, are you under charges for a crime and ordered by a court to participate in a deferred prosecution program such as accelerated rehabilitative diversion, stipulated order of continuance, alternative adjudication, suspended sentence, or any other court-related alternative sanction. So how would you answer that question if you're in a PTI-type program or a diversion program? I mean, if if you're in PTI, let me just, before I answer your question, you probably should have, have to disclose it. But I tell a lot of clients, if you're in a situation where you're, you've got a court case pending or you're in diversion 
or you're on probation. This is not the time to go applying for jobs. And just so you know, PTI is a diversion program where basically you can go through this program and they drop all the charges at the end, even though you've admitted to doing them. And again, it's only for less serious crimes and they only let certain people into these programs. And the, the real danger about applying for a job during a time like this is, let's presume it is your first offense. And let's presume you're going to do a pretrial intervention program. And at some point in the very near future, your case is going to get sealed or expunged. If you apply for a job like this and they run a background check, the background check company is not subject to the sealing expunction laws of Florida. They find out about it, it's on your record, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Right. Okay. And then so let's also just to explain it a little bit further. If you go through the diversion program and they drop the charges, then you potentially could be a candidate for sealing and expunction. And if you do that, it's very easy to answer no to this question because it says, are you under charges for a crime and ordered by a court to go in this program? At that point, you're not under those charges, even though you have been in the past, even though you went through the program. If that's all done, and whether or not actually it's sealed or expunged, if it's all done and the charges are dropped, you can answer no to that question because you are not currently under charges. Next, under your current name or any other name, have you ever been convicted of a crime other than a minor infraction or moving violation? Two important things in this question. They're not asking you about traffic tickets. That's why they said not minor infraction or moving violation. Those would usually be traffic tickets. So they're not asking you about that. And again, the key word here is convictions. So that does not apply to what? Withhold of adjudications or sealed or expunged cases. Exactly. You're allowed to say no, even if you plead guilty to something and get a withhold, or you actually plead no contest and get a withhold of adjudication. You're allowed to say, no, I have not been convicted of that crime. You know, this particular question is, you know what it really is asking? Have you ever used a fake ID? Yeah, for sure. And it's, well, or have you changed your name and we're going to, you know, go look up you under old names and we're going to find the convictions there, even if you don't have your, any convictions under John Smith or whatever your name is now. Okay, now let's talk about background checks and uh, if employers do that and why they do it. I, I looked at some statistics and apparently, you know, obviously the statistics are always skewed, but the, the general consensus is the vast majority of large employers or mid-sized employers do background checks. And what they're allowed to do, especially in Florida, is they can do a background check to, to see if the information you provided in your application is accurate, is uh, honest. They can also use your background check to determine if you are a fit for this job. And they can do a public records request on you if they want to. Absolutely. And most of the stuff that comes up in background checks is, in fact, a public record. Right. So let's kind of transition now into how this stuff is changing in employment um, applications, especially with regards to criminal history and background checks. Um, studies show that only about 50% of employers still ask these types of questions about criminal history. Um, and all this is kind of coming to a head in 2018 because a lot of, it's a state by state issue. It's not a national directive. Uh, there's no national rule saying you can or can't ask about criminal history, when you can ask about that criminal history and what you can go get in a public records request. So we'll start there. The EEOC rules that we read to you kind of shows that they don't want you to hold certain things against people when it comes to criminal history, but they don't say as a federal law, you're not allowed to ask. So it's a state by state issue. And right now, Florida, there's nothing prohibiting you from asking about this criminal history. That's kind of why we went through all this and, and did all of the examples because all that stuff is okay in Florida, right. including public records requests or background checks. There's a, there's a term of art that they use for these kinds of uh, background checks. 
ban the box. Is it ban the box? That well, ban it? the box is is not necessarily the background checks, but banning the box asking about your criminal history. So banning that box saying, have you ever been arrested? Banning the box saying, have you ever been convicted? That box that you fill out actually in an application. But some states um, have restrictions on what and when you can ask about criminal history. And I thought this was interesting. Some states ban it by the number of employees that the employer has, meaning it's got to be five or more employees um, if they're allowed to ask about criminal convictions. Um, some it has to be 10 or more. Some it's got to be 20 or more. Some it has to be private employers, but public employers can't ask about these things or do uh, background checks. Some has got to be 15 or more. Some it just deals with um, contractors doing business in the city. Some it's out of the city. Some it's jobs with $25,000 or more on a contract. So they put these restrictions on basically how big you are or how big the job is on whether or not you can ask these criminal conviction questions. In addition to the size of the actual company or employer uh, restricting when they can ask these questions and what type of questions on, on criminal convictions they can ask, there's also a timing question in the application process. Some states prohibit you from asking any criminal background questions until after you make a conditional job offer, meaning I, we're offering you the job, but we're going to go do a criminal background check or tell us what crime, what your criminal history is. And that is where it kind of goes hand in hand with the EEOC language. If you've already made the conditional job offer and you find out that they were arrested 20 years ago and acquitted, and then you pull the offer, well, now they can show that you made this negative employment decision based on an arrest without asking any follow-up questions. You basically just held it against them as far as that criminal conduct is concerned. Um, Other places only allow you to do it to actual employees, meaning that after offer and acceptance of the job has already happened, then you can do the criminal background check just so you can know. Or if, again, you can ask the questions about the crime and if it has to do with their job, then you might be allowed to, to take some negative employment action, meaning if they stole money from their last job and they're your bookkeeper, you might be allowed to then rescind that job offer. And that's basically the gist of what the limits are on, you know, banning the box or asking about criminal convictions or doing criminal background checks on your employees throughout the process. But Pete, what else is there that that they're limited in doing as employers? Well, I don't know about limited, but something new that's becoming part of a lot of job applications is running credit checks. And the theory is that you can gauge the level of responsibility uh, that a at a particular candidate has when you do a background check for their credit. So if they pay their bills on time, uh, you know, are they reliable in making their car payments? This tells you a little bit about the character of the person. A but lo- some states limit that. I was going to say a lot of states, not a lot, a few states are limiting your ability to do that. Uh, and the limitation normally is that whatever the um, the there has to be a nexus, and meaning there has to be some reasonable link to the job and to the um, the background for the credit check. Okay. And a lot of this is, I'm sure, we haven't done the crossover or the research on this, but I'm sure a lot of this is the difference between an at-will state and a for-cause state. Some states, you can only fire someone for cause, and everybody signs an employment contract, and you can only quit for cause. Meaning, if you don't like your you know job very much anymore, you can't just quit. You've got to work out the rest of your contract unless there's like discrimination or harassment or some reason for cause that you have to quit. Same thing on the employers. They can't just fire you for no reason or any reason. They have to fire you because you show up late or you're not doing a good job or you have taken some negative employment action against you for a reason for cause. 
Florida and a lot of states are at will, meaning they can fire you for any reason because they don't like the way you dress, because you know they just don't like you anymore, they don't like your personality, or it can be for no reason at all. You show up and they say you're fired. We don't need you anymore. We don't want you anymore. We don't have to give you a reason. That's an at-will employment. Also, the employee can quit for any reason and they can't be forced to show up the next day. If they just don't show up anymore and they quit, they don't have to give two weeks notice in Florida. Um, So that's how the at-will employment works. And that's kind of where the crossover is with some of the limitations, my guess, on the criminal history questionnaire because you don't have to actually give a reason to not hire somebody in Florida. It just can't be for a discriminatory purpose, which we mentioned before, age, race, gender, um, disabilities, you know, a... um, Uh, sexual sexual orientation, orientation, things like that, religion. Um, So as long as it's not one of those protected classes, you can not hire or fire anybody for any other reason than that. Um, So we hope you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully it helps you out when you're answering your next job application questions. Uh, If you guys have anything else you want us to hit on, come to social media at Tragos Law. You can find us on all the social media platforms or send us an email, petertragos at greeklaw.com. (laughs) 